What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. This is Money, your melancholic lesbian. Oh, no. You knew this. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Nikita. And this week, I am your friendly neighborhood organizer. I've been really feeling good about uh, being an organizer and organizing. So, that's me for the week. You've been doing shit. You know. I'm not one to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. (laughs) (laughs) Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe incite my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light, I'm loving your soul They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go Worldwide from every continent, I just want you to jig a little bit Move them hips, feel that bliss, hug your sis, make a fist Don't resist your temptation, you amazing, no limitation My favorite in this matrix, we move by your vibration And that's love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love, I hope you hear that on the daily Cause baby you love I hope you hear that on a daily because baby, you love, you love. All right. So you want to jump straight in um, to tell them folks where they can find us? Yes. So you can find us on Instagram at QueerWalkPod, on Twitter at QueerWalkPod, and also use the hashtag QueerWalk. I'm so proud of you for remembering the hashtag. You know, hashtags are important. Barry would be proud. Oh, you know, I'm not going to say that. I am abused on Queer Walk <laughs> oh as a worker, but I I knew that I wasn't allowed to keep fucking up before <laughs> there would be consequences to pay. So I made sure to get all my notes right. I do not beat Nikita off mic. Off mic, exactly. Yes, boss. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you can't... <laughs> if you do that in one more episode... I'm going to be out of a job. I'm, I'm going to poof your shit. <laughs> be at the unemployment line. What what will happen to me? Carry on. And before I was so rudely interrupted by the boss, um, you can also find us at QueerWalk.com. You could also send us emails, uh, comments, questions, themes, and topics that you want to hear covered on the show to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. And you can also listen to us um, three places. So uh, the first one, actually, I should say this is in no particular order. Um, you can listen to us on Apple Apple Podcast, which is the purple app on the iPhone. You can also catch us and listen to us on SoundCloud. And you can also, last but certainly not least, you can listen to us on Google Play. Where can they give us the dollars, the money, the skrilla, the dinero? All right. The moolah. How many languages can you say money? <laughs> Lots. Okay. Um, we are on PayPal. So you can hit up the PayPal at paypal.me slash queer W-O-C. Uh, do we have a new place? Yes. So we are very excited to announce. You can find us. Uh, actually, not find us, but you can uh, donate to us on patreon.com. So Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Queer Walk Pod. And so this is, uh, 
it's basically a platform where you can uh, donate monthly, so become a sustainer of the program. So we've got three tiers. Um, the first tier, uh, you can c- contribute $3 a month, and that's our community contributor. That's like nothing, y'all. Come on. $3, right. Let's pay this SoundCloud bill. You can skip that Starbucks that one time during the week to For give real? us that $3. Uh, the next tier is five dollars. Five dollars. Yes, and that's mm-hmm. the baddie. That's the baddie tier. So uh, you will get a special feature um, on Instagram. So we'll be sure to show you some love uh, on the Queer Rock page there. And then, drum roll, please. The top tier, which is the Lord with, with an, an E. e. <laughs> <laughs> And so uh, that's where we will um, send you, um, that's $7, and we will send you some Queer Walk stickers. And some shea butter, because you know I'll be whipping the shea. Right. Like we uh, learned, or that I was, I remembered listening to that episode of uh, Tea with Queen and Jay. I forget that you have no less than 17 jobs. (laughs) I got a lot. I got to do a lot. Okay, so yes, so please, again, we're very excited. Uh, Please sustain the show. And as you'll see in our Patreon, if you uh, sustain us monthly, then, you know, we can get you some uh, good merch. Like we want to get some uh, T-shirts and tote bags. Of course, as a labor organizer, it will be union uh, made. That's important. And um, you think that's funny? Which means that we need supporters because union made stuff. Yeah, as a look, because people aren't exploited today. Right. You know, it don't take fifteen cents to make a T-shirt. That way, we could pay. You know, it's exactly. not that type of system. Not that kind of party. So, um, yeah, merchandise, and it also help us sustain the SoundCloud. And uh, we need some new top-notch, top-of-the-line recording equipment. And last, we are sharing earbuds yeah. right now, y'all. Yeah. Like, it's a struggle. <laughs> it really is. That I dug out the bottom of my purse. Oh, wow. So we just try. Wow, yeah. <laughs> we just, you know. Times is hard. We just try to elevate a little. A little bit. And last but certainly not least, uh, we would love to plan an in-person Queer Walk weekend. Money said that weekend was more appropriate. I, I'm i old, and you, you and I was calling it a retreat. It a retreat. That, nobody wants to go to but a, if you call a it, retreat. But if you call it a lesbian retreat. But we can't call it lesbian. Oh, right, right, not... right, right. <laughs> Look at me. I'm not even being inclusive. I'm I'm really fucking up here. Because you know the first message we would get, right. not, I'm so excited to right. see this, it would be, so it's only for right. me. <laughs> right. So we will, so yeah, the, the point is we really want to um, raise, uh, have a monthly uh, flow of income so we can plan uh, a great in-person queer uh, inclusive <laughs> retreat and get you all some great, again, union made merchandise. And thank you, Nikita, for like pushing us off into greatness and starting the Patreon. Cause I was like, I don't know how to work it. So I just won't. Yep, I do whatever the boss tells me. (laughs) Not true! We are moving on to our walk of the week. I I think you should start out with your queer walk. (laughs) Are you sure? Positive. (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to be able to make it to the show. (laughs) Queer walk of the week is where we highlight. A, a baddie, right? Yeah. Like, that's been... Uh, up and- a, yeah, a queer woman of color, basically, who's just on, on their shit, doing the damn thing, changing mm-hmm. the world. Yep. All right, so we have two this week, mm-hmm. in no particular order. 
So um, you always say that when there is a particular order, but go I, ahead, go I, mean, ahead. I, I can't help it. I'm shady. So uh, the first uh, queer walk of the week is Serena Rozzy Seals. So we've had Rozzy on the show yeah. uh, before. And I'm really excited about this uh, because Rozzy is running for um, the 4th District Common Counselor seat here in Syracuse. And she's doing it, and I think this is really important, on the Green Party ticket. Yay! So independent of the two capitalist uh, parties, uh, you know, if we're ever going to get free and we're going to do it through the electoral system, we need to be independent of the two big money uh, racist mm-hmm. garbage parties. And so Rozzy is um, identifies as um, a lesbian and she's uh, done a lot of uh, work through an organization that she has, Black Hughes Pride. And I just want to talk uh, just um, a, a little bit about um, her platform. So Syracuse is one of these Rust Belt cities where there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, the industrial manufacturing left. There's rank, you know, poverty, and it's um, it's rife, especially in the Black and Latino um, communities. And people, there's nobody in power who's putting putting forward any kind of bold, you know, radical or progressive mm-hmm. agenda to actually make it so that people can live dignified lives, so people right. can have jobs that pay I, a living wage. I, yeah, and what they're actually doing is, like, forwarding these agendas that, like, that destroy these communities. Exactly. I'm also thinking, in Syracuse, there's also a large uh, refugee and immigrant, mm. immigrant population yeah. that are really, like, exploited also. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, the university and the hospitals are displacing people left and right, talking about flattening um, yeah. affordable housing. So, yeah. So, you just raised two uh, important platform planks. Uh, that's in Serena's platform. So you mentioned that the university and the hospital, and like just a minute ago, I mentioned how the reason why the Rust Belt cities like Syracuse are one of the reasons why uh, cities like these are in such dire economic straits is because in order, you know, in always on the search for cheaper labor, mm-hmm. uh, the companies um, here, so it was um, Carrier, which air which was made um, air conditioners. That was one of the big plants. And I think there was also like a Chrysler. Yeah. So they went down to the south, so like the southern part of the U.S. And, now eventually, and then eventually they went to like um, Mexico and India and places where they know that they could brutally exploit workers. So one of the things that Rozzy's calling for that I think is really important is worker-owned co-ops. And so there's this model out of Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio, another Rust Belt city called the Evergreen model. And so companies like um, big manufacturing plants, like we said, can go, you know, can uproot from their communities and then uh, go in search of ever cheaper labor. But with the Evergreen model... Um, there, it would be a worker-owned co-op, and they and so they they produce goods and services that what they call anchor institutions. So like institutions like universities and hospitals. Mm-hmm. So these are institutions that like so far, mm-hmm. like I mean, capitalism is not this you know it's Terrible, not this crafty yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. So like a, a a university and a hospital is not going to uproot and go in search of uh, cheaper labor. Yeah. So that's why they say it's an anchor community, an yeah. anchor institution. And so um, what she's calling for is that the worker-owned co-op would produce the goods and services to these anchor institutions. Like that they need. Exactly. That, mm-hmm. And so then... Like paper. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the one in Cleveland is like, there's like a laundry facility where so for um, like nurses and other people who mm-hmm. have uniforms, like they're using this service. That makes total sense. 
And exactly. And the thing about it is that, and so in my, I've mentioned this before, but in my day job, I work at a worker center, a top notch, amazing organization, worker center of central New York. And the, and it's our belief and, the, you know, the belief of a lot of radicals um, and other folks is that there's a fundamental antagonism between the boss and workers. And so it's like when... Or the owners. Or or farm... The, or, yeah, yeah. farm uh, owners. And mm-hmm. so the problem is that workers don't have... there's So, you know, we love to talk about democracy in this society, but we don't ever talk about democracy in the workplace. I don't get to call the shots usually right. in my workplace. So calling... so. Uh, so the fact that Serena is calling for worker-owned co-ops, it mm-hmm. means so. And a worker is not you're not gonna you're not gonna vote to pay yourself right, less right. than a minimum wage. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And then it's also and because you actually have ownership in the company, then you also um, uh, that's a way that like working class folks, particularly build black, build wealth. Yeah, you own some shit you instead own of just some selling shit. your lady like you show up for a paycheck. Exactly, mm-hmm. and, and that is that is what we talk about when we talk about capitalism. Exactly, like people like yeah. you ain't trying to get rich. No, I'm actually trying to get rich. Exactly, like, build sustainable wealth. Exactly. So I I think that and nobody and nobody else is putting anything even that remotely concrete or radical I on mean, the agenda. Just that, she, right? Like, oh, bitch, you shaking? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then also, uh, Serena is very active um, here in our local uh, uh, BLM Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter. So she's really pushing for some uh, police accountability. Uh, there's been a number of folks, uh, Ralph Punette Jr. and Shanice Patterson. Um, these are uh, black and brown folks who have been killed, um, who died in jails in Syracuse. And then also just um, last year, there's um, a woman. So there's a the police shot a man in the back, Terry, Terry Maddox. Maddox. And then there's a woman. So in the, you know, it was a very chaotic scene. And so there's a police officer that, uh, basically grabbed this woman um, from behind. And so naturally, a natural impulse, she bit, you know, yeah. she bit, she she bit the officer. from behind. Yeah. And yeah. so, but now she's got a felony assault, right. right? And so, like, the police in Syracuse just, just like in places all across the country, just run, have unchecked power, yeah. and they're allowed to do whatever they want. They also showed up in tanks on exactly. a residential block. In SWAT gear, and SWAT, yeah. And kicked and destroyed this woman's house. Exactly. Like, just holding, like, huge guns in front of people. People who filmed them were also, like, arrested and harassed. And it's just, yeah. I don't know. I think, I I guess I just add that because I think a lot of times uh, folks think that these things are very far away. Like, you see pictures of police riding around in tanks in, like, other places. But they got that everywhere. Everywhere. Right here in Syracuse. And we mentioned that, like, there's, like... The, the level of poverty in this city is, like, astronomical. Right. So you ride through the hood and take... Right. <laughs> and take, take ain't cheap. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, we could we could go um, so much more, like, into her platform. But the election here in Syracuse is on um, November 7th. And, like, it's, I mean, like, she's just such a refreshing candidate. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, she's, you know, has roots in the community, you know, lifelong Syracuse From resident. Here, yeah. And and so often in this, you know, we're talking about, like, like ownership and actually being, like, having a say and not just in the places where you work, but in the places where you live. And rarely do people who mm-hmm. actually, you know, who are, like, born and raised in Syracuse, like, get a chance to, like, act- to, to set the course about how their city mm-hmm. should go. So I'm really excited 
excited um, about her campaign. I did some canvassing and some other folks, and I yeah we did some canvassing for uh, for her uh, just uh, Sunday, just yesterday, and so we're really excited about um, her campaign. And it's just like more people need to know. Um, you know, I feel like San Francisco, New York yeah. City, Oakland. There's a lot of those are the big like sexy places. Yeah. For and like and they do have a lot of important, rich, like radical mm-hmm. and progressive traditions. But it's like, but a place like this is exactly where you can really make change. exactly. And so I don't, I don't know. Does her campaign have a hashtag? Because I'm about to. I know. don't think so. So we gonna hashtag seals for Syracuse. Seals because, for Syracuse. Because yes. I know that a lot of, I mean, eighty percent, ninety eight percent of y'all don't stay in Syracuse, so right. like can't vote in the election. But hashtag it if you're listening to this. Just hashtag seals for Syracuse. I'll I'll put the link to her. Um, website in the description box and also go check out episode 16 that she was on because not only does she do this amazing and phenomenal like organizing and uh, much needed political work but she's also a plum ass fool a plum fool so (laughs) I think that's also important because we um, we like pedestal people and forget that they're you know like humans who crack dirty jokes too so go listen to episode 16 and check out uh, Razi too. So, yeah, I'm gonna put all of that stuff in the description. Do you want to go to our next queer walk of the week? You just want to laugh <laughs> at me? No, I think I got it all out of my system prior to you didn't per, to recording. So go ahead. So y'all, this you started. So this week has been pretty rough for me, y'all. I've just not been um, my regular like bubbly extroverted self and so I didn't really have much of a contribution to Queer Walk of the Week this week until the other day I think it was yesterday I was on Twitter and so (laughs) I'm sorry go go ahead (laughs) so um, Burger King released an anti-bullying ad and in this anti-bullying ad, they have they set up a scenario where this little kid is being bullied by three other kids who are like slightly big. So the whole tagline was, um, "We bullied a Whopper Junior and a high school junior. Which one do you think people report?" So you know they do these social experiments, like what would you do? Um, and I always hate those because like they they act as if everybody is magically uh, given the same sort of power and access in a social situation, and like that's how it plays out. But anyway, aside from all of that, right? So they set this up where this um, high school junior is being bullied by three other boys, and then they're also punching burgers. And so, 98 or 92, some high yeah. percentage like that um, of people reported the punched burgers, the punched Whopper juniors, right? But only 12% of the customers reported the, the boy <laughs> being bullied and punched. Um, and one of these... <laughs> Go ahead, please. One of the people who reported... Um, the boy being bullied was a queer woman of color. I don't know how she identifies. Uh, she presented very masculine. And when the boy asked her, has she ever been bullied before? He's like, she was like, oh, you know, yeah, all the time. Um, but she stood up 
and went to and put her tray in front of him and she was like this feels better you know she could she had the swag you could tell you know mm-hmm. uh i don't know how she racially identifies or whatever right. but um i got a little tearful in that moment because i think i am that lesbian yeah. who i i can't hold my tongue when i see things happening yeah. in public whether to me or to somebody else and so and i think when she told him like oh yeah like of course i've experienced that like it just reminded yeah. me of like that's why those social experiments are dumb as shit. Because, like, people people from marginalized backgrounds or who have had traumatic experiences often are the ones who, uh, like, speak up. Because, like, that's what moves us to do this stuff anyway. So if the worst thing that happened to me that day was I saw somebody punch a burger or my burger is smushed, like, you know, like, yeah. you know. So, she, yes, you know, she just made me tearful. So. And I've been lovingly calling her Burger King Bay. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to you. I just where so we were prepping for the show, and I was like, uh, you know, my sneak. All right, let's let's think about who the queer walks of the week are gonna be. And she was like, I saw the Burger King commercial, and I was like, wow, we are really no shade. Like, I mean, I think I watched the the, the commercial, the ad. I thought it was great, but I was like, we are really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I have not been myself. Right, right. It's okay. It's not. You laughed for no less than forty five minutes. I don't. It was like intermittent laughter. It wasn't like straight, like uninterrupted cacophonous laughing. So. How do you know that Burger King Bay ain't out there running in a local election? I'm sure. She could I be think doing I, I, monumental things. There's no doubt that Burger King Burger King Bay is top notch, but that just was not who I was expecting for the queer walk of the week. But she deserves it. So I think we've had two great queer walk uh, queer walks of the week. <laughs> Who knows what the bitches will be doing at Wendy's next week or McDonald's or Arby's. I don't know. Now you're just being disrespectful. I'm a little bit. <laughs> if you have suggestions for Queer Walk of the Week, you can submit them to QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Nice save. I mean, or tweet it to us or something. Because yeah. I'm like, on these weeks where I'm just like... So I've been sitting on my couch watching Grey's Anatomy all week. And you don't even watch that. And I'm on like season seven now. It was so season, no, when I walked in, it was season eight. Oh, okay. But I can't make Callie Torres the queer walk of the week. That's from, that's from like 2012. You know, that's right up my alley. You know, I'm old. You know, I live about five, ten years behind. Either way. So let's go to community contributors. All right. So we have four community contributors this week ow, that we highlight and shout out. So the first is another friend. You you see how our our inner circle is trying to like creep onto the podcast, right? They are. You peeped that. I've, I've peeped it. Yeah. So Jaffe, I know you're listening. She probably just bust out laughing right, right now. Uh, we just we just have to shout you out, Laura Jaffe. Thank you so much for your contribution. Yeah. You have definitely um, helped us keep the SoundCloud. Funded. Yeah. <laughs> so, thanks. Um, and also wanted to highlight the Even Exchange podcast again. Um, they have definitely been a part of, like, our little podcast family that we've created. And um, they have merchandise that is really cute. We aspire. We're going to get there. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And they're gonna send us some. Yeah. Um. So I'm really excited about that, and of course, you know, we're gonna continue to support them because I I mean, just hearing their voices, their voices, yeah, yeah, it just like makes me smile. It reminds me of all of the best nights in undergrad. They just feel like friends. Like when you turn it on, it's just like you're just sitting in a room with your peoples. So go check out the Even Exchange podcast. Yeah, love y'all. Thank you. I'm I'm really excited. All right. So, we've got two new reviews on Apple iTunes, the Purple app. So, the first one, uh forgive me if I am butchering your name, but it's uh Asia? Asia? Ashia? Irie? It's Asia. Asia. Excuse yeah. me. All right. So, uh Asia left us a five-star review and left us an amazing comment. So, uh, uh, they're quoting from the uh, last episode, <laughs> with all disrespect. <laughs> and they just said, okay, my, this is my new favorite catchphrase from, queer, from, podcast, uh, from the podcast Queer Walk, hosted by Queer Walk Pod. Um, I had felt famished for a queer community after moving away from my college town. Girl, ain't mm. And never had close queer uh, women of color friends. Thus, I searched for queer podcast shows on SoundCloud, and this was the first one I found. It hasn't disappointed. Um, Topics have included music, uh, especially by Sid. Oh, my God. Here we go. Sid the Kid. I love you, Another stand. That's okay. We're going to have a restraining order. Uh, Queer queer immigrants in DACA, TV, and LGBTQIA roles. And then, um, so they say... uh, Check her out, uh, meaning the podcast. And there's a, a whole slew of hashtags. Let's p- pick out some of your favorites. Uh, black girl magic, inclusive, womanism, fandom. Yay! Pods in color. Yeah! Podcast addict, black women. There you go. There. You ain't got to say nothing. <laughs> okay, that, let's just end on black women. All right, so thank you so much. And another, uh, we got another five-star review. Boy, we are not fucking around. I love y'all so much. Exactly. <laughs> y'all pull a bitch out depression so quick. <laughs> and uh, so the person's name is perfect. Appreciative as fuck. You do not need to identify as queer, black, New Yorker, New Yorker, etc. to fall in love with this podcast. Even though I do identify as all of the above. <laughs> This podcast is a great space for discussions about politics, respectability, dating, and all things real talk mental health. I have learned so much from money and guests on the show and cannot thank enough uh, for the labor of love. P.S. Things come in many forms. So once you subscribe, drop some coins on the PayPal link. Yes! Yes! Appreciative as fuck. That's, That's the homie right there. Yes! Yes. I'm just, I'm just pleased as punch right now. I know. This, I just want to also say that um, it has been by no accident that like this overwhelming support has come since you've joined because you are truly like my best friend. You are the Christina Yang to my Meredith Grace. Well, you've really got to stop watching Grace. (laughs) It's helped. It's helped. And like, yeah, I just think. It's great having you, your input, your brilliance. It's definitely showing through. I mean, we we broke the the record for plays in a week. Oh my 
my God. So, you know, yeah. I think it's both of our amazing black queer troublemaking magic just like colliding, colliding. together. Yeah. Y'all can't. I'm, oh. oh, the shit we got coming. Oh. Wait, till, wait till I get off out this season. Of <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to it. Is the mental moment with money. It's the mental, mental moment, moment <laughs> with money, money. Are you really doing like a Curtis Blow rap? <laughs> because we need this to is, find, I'm telling you, this I'm, is not I'm it. going to find it. This is not it. It's, we're going to find I'll just it. i hit truth up again. And oh, we're going to, to find it. This is bad. <laughs> which I, we did. We did old school R and B last time. We could just ask Mother Nature. To no, yes. I, I feel like it's gonna come from me. I'm. I feel it. I'm working through, and in, in the next few episodes. No, ma'am. Wow. <laughs> yes, boss. All right. You have to stop <laughs> saying that. Okay. What's the so, the mental moment with money this week? Uh, I wanted to talk about. Time, most most timely seasonal affective disorder, also known as sad. <laughs> I'm laughing to keep from crying, but um, I think it's safe to say that I have seasonal affective disorder. I've just recently started going back to therapy for myself. Um, I and if you are a mental health professional listening to this, you should uh buy your own product and go see a therapist because. We hear the worst of all of our clients' lives for at least an hour at a time, 45 minutes to an hour, and that takes a toll. It takes a toll holding so many people's stories and trauma and experiences and all that stuff, and to be present for them through all that stuff. Uh, So I think that's part of it, and also, I live in Syracuse, so that that also takes a toll. Yeah, (laughs) Syracuse. Um... So, even though it's still warm here for, like, late October, my body still knows what time of year it is. Yeah. And I, this has been, like, a really rough week for me, y'all. Like, it's been all types of struggles just to leave the house. Every time I leave the house, I feel like this. I mean, I know it's anxiety, but I hate labeling it anxiety. Why do you hate labeling it, labeling it anxiety? Because... I'm a narrative therapist <laughs> and I like, I mean, uh, so I like, um, taking the power out of things. Mm. And so, um, I, when I, I feel like when I label it anxiety, it's like something I have versus something that's impacting me. Mm. So I, I've been calling it the purple haze, like the, pur- like the purple haze. I don't know. It just helps me externalize it and right. make it feel more like solvable and doable. Manageable, but, controllable. Yeah, yeah I get right. that. Um, similarly to like seasonal affective disorder, like it helps me to laugh about it and call it sad because mm-hmm. that is what the acronym is. So I wanted to talk about seasonal affective disorder just a little bit. Um, I know some folks may have heard of it, probably if you live in like North Eastern, Eastern country and also, um, like Seattle area because, uh, there's really high concentrations of sad, uh, diagnoses in those areas. And it's not, um... By any coincidence. So seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression that impacts folks seasonally. And typically, the most the most common cases are through the winter months when there's not a lot of sunlight and days are shorter. 
Um, it's, it can happen during the summer. There are some folks who have seasonal, seasonal affective disorder during the summer, um, but it's pretty rare. Um, so it's not that you can't have it during the summer. It's just like, it's rarer. It's because of the way our bodies work. So the reason why most people have seasonal affective disorder in the winter is because, uh, the sun isn't out as much. So we end up with a uh, lower level of vitamin D and an overproduction of melatonin. And melatonin is the thing that kind of makes us uh, feel sleepy or lethargic, makes us gain weight, um, like all of these things that most folks do during the winter. But when you have a surplus of it, it it makes you want to sleep more, not do anything, not leave the house. You want to like hibernate like a bear. Um, and vitamin D is supposed to help your body absorb that. But if you have low levels of vitamin D because the sun ain't out, you just have all this extra melatonin. You want to sleep all the time and never leave the house. Mm. Um, and so Syracuse, this is just a little fun fact. Syracuse is second only to Seattle in diagnosed cases of seasonal affective disorder. So, um, and like both of those places don't get a lot of sunlight. Uh, and then contrastingly, only 1% of Floridians have been uh, diagnosed with seasonal affective wow. disorder. Must be nice, Florida. <laughs> they just had a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> but they happy are they <laughs> but the joy wow <laughs> I'm joking it's a very insensitive joke I'm that's gonna have to be totally ripped out I'm not just so, not just so cut but ripped out of the <laughs> the recording um and so being the person that I am I have like a solve for seasonal affective disorder just not my own apparently it's real easy to help other people so this is actually an exercise that i have folks do in one of my healing workshops but i think it also works for seasonal affective disorder um so on top of taking vitamin d eating a lot of food with vitamin d drinking milk all those kind of things um i have an activity called safe space and safe is an acronym it stands for song activity food and exercise and for this activity, what I encourage you to do if you are impacted by seasonal affective disorder is for five minutes, set a timer for five minutes, because any more than that, you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to be like me and start another episode of Grey's. It is so easy to do. Uh, for five minutes, write out a song, an activity, a food, or an exercise that makes you feel well, that makes you feel happy. It's uh, a thing you can do sort of without like thinking. It doesn't feel overwhelming for you to do it. It feels like your safe zone, like you good when you're doing that. And when I think about these things, I think about things that make the world feel more hopeful. Mm. So I've been painting a lot lately. So that's my, one of my activities. Um, song, I won't go into because I think you all oh, know. But actually, I've been listening to uh, Brent Fire's new album, Saunders' Son, which is sad. But... It feels good to, to like, listen to. And so, <laughs> um, and so, I guess another part of this writing exercise would also be um, to write out how you discovered it. Because those are mm. often, like, the behaviors that motivate you to wellness. Wow. Yeah. That so, is so accurate. Yeah. So, when I think about, like, how did I discover, like, my favorite uh, song, it's like, oh, I was at this place. Listening to so and so, and the song came on, and I was yeah. like, "Who is this?" So, wow, yeah. So, yeah, try that activity out. It's called the safe space activity. So, for five minutes, write out a song, an activity, a food, an exercise that make you feel 
healthy and well and how you discovered it. And so I hope that helps. I hope it helps me. Shit. I just want to say, I feel like I say this every time you do this, but I just, so I've attended, I've been lucky enough or privileged enough to be one of the people who's attended uh, one of Money's uh, Women of Color Healing Spaces. Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, I've had people like in our friend group um, message me and they'll be like, do you know when money's going to have that next yeah. uh, Women of Color Healing Space? Or people, like, people, nonstop. Yeah. And it's like, I think I just, I'm always just, so, I'm really and truly, like, in awe of, like, how, like, not how good you are about um, at therapy, but, like, it's, like, you could just see, like, how passionate um, you are. Like, I was teasing, um, I was teasing you earlier because. Yeah, you were making fun of me. All right, like, let's, come on. laughing at All you. right, it's, you're fine. But what is it? What magazine were you reading? It's the Family Therapy Magazine. Wow. And you said, and I quote, it has riveting articles. It does. Because it doesn't have to go through the peer review process. So that's where, like, research gets funneled. And, like, often where marginalized voices get clogged up and kept out of the academy. But the magazine is not peer-reviewed. You can just submit an article of yeah. some popping shit that you've been doing. So it has so much. They did, they did a whole spread on <laughs> black teens and depression. That that is amazing. You ain't gonna read that in no but academic. I'm just I've just never heard anyone call the family therapy magazine oh my God. riveting. It's so good. But the point is, like, I think I, there's just so many of us. Like, I, I don't think I can say it enough. Who like really appreciate. Um, your work and appreciate you. So I like I literally I always learn something new uh, with the mental moment with money, and I will spare you me singing a jingle. Thank you or Jeez. rapping it. Don't please eighty don't. style. <laughs> like, we don't need it. Um, Are you but, down and sad? Okay. Are you feeling kind of funny? <laughs> Take a minute now. The mental moment with money. Nailed it. But yeah, I also feel like when I'm down, like I can't be there for my folks in the way that I want to be. So you don't have yeah. to be. I know, but that's that's what I time. feel like I get. This this gonna sound way too deep, but it's just like that's what I feel like my like life's work and mm. what I'm here for is like that community healing in a lot of different ways. I think everything I do falls all under this umbrella of like healing, and if I'm not doing that. It kind of hurts. Yeah, I see. And so, like, I want to make sure that my clients are having good sessions yeah. and that, you know, like, all of this stuff. And I'm like, You're I such a healer. I know. I don't know what else I would be doing if it ain't this. So, it feels good to hear that people like the mental moments because, yeah. yeah it's what I do. And, and she does it well. I try. All right, I'm done pumping your head up. So Nikita, it's cuffing season. I ain't got no bay. Shit, me either. Have you heard Cuff Chronicles? But if I had a bay, I would be heading over to charliejco.com where there is all types of apparel from hats to t-shirts to mugs catered to queer women of color. That's right. So while bay season is in full swing, go ahead, head over to charliejco.com and use the code QueerWOC at checkout to take advantage of free shipping. Yeah, I know I'm about to get me one of them queer hats, you know. Well, I can't wait to get me a queer hat, queer snapback. And also, I really like the BOI boy shirt, so I will be copping that as well. Yeah. And use QueerWalk at checkout for free shipping in the U.S., 
So head over to charliejco.com and get you your bae gifts. So we are going to move on to one of our relatively newer segments. Uh, This episode is brought to you by... Pronouns! And so this is a segment where... um, you know, there's a lot of uh, social justice uh, jargon, ideas, or concepts uh, that aren't always broken down and explained. Or, like I always like to say, a lot of us use the same language, but we actually mean um, different things by it. Mm-hmm. Or there's um, a wide, there's like a wide uh, array of um, thoughts and opinions about it. Yeah. So we said that we're going to talk about pronouns. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should start with what a pronoun is. So the pro a pronoun is a part of language. Do I really want to go to like diagramming sentences like on some Dorothy Spornak shit? Wow, yeah. But uh so it's it's a part of language where if you're not using a a, a noun's name that you use this in its place. So if I'm if I'm telling you to pass me an apple and I don't want to call it an apple, I would say pass it to me. So the pronoun takes the place of the noun when I'm not using the noun's proper name. That sounds right. So that's, I guess that's grammatically what a pronoun is, but what is it in social justice? Right. I guess it's the same, it's the same, but the way we talk about it. Right, but I feel like it's been, like it's a, it's a politicized. It's become a thing. Right. Uh, conversation. I shouldn't say it's become, it's been a thing. Right. But people are. Like, it's like a growing social awareness. Right. Like, and. Uh, Around it. Right, which is of course steeped in these broader ideas about. Um, gender. Gender, right. Mm-hmm. And so when people ask for pronouns, well, actually, I think it comes from two places. The first place, I guess, within community, I feel like it comes from this place of folks trying not to assume what someone's gender is because pronouns are also gendered. I think we talk about it a lot when we're trying to, when English speakers are trying to acquire other languages. Does that make sense? So I, I grew up in... New York City, and when the elementary school I went to, if you were a, a a first language English speaker, you had to be in a Spanish class during third block or whatever. And if you were first language something else, you had to be in English during that third block. And so I remember, even from very young, people saying things like, oh, Spanish is a very gendered language mm. because things either are L or la in front right. of it to like, and it connotes like masculine or feminine. Right. But English is also a very gendered language. We don't have any sort of neutral pronouns that aren't, I guess, offensive to refer to people as. So we only have he or she um, because it is in hella offensive. Right. You're completely uh, dehumanizing that person. And they is is gender neutral. Folks use it, but but people aren't sort of, I guess, like brought up with that. And right, right. It's, I feel like it's still mm-hmm. like we're still uh, in the process of trying to like normalize mm-hmm. they, yeah, as a gender neutral pronoun. pronoun. And so I think it comes from a place of like people trying not to assume gender. So people ask for your pronouns. But and then the other place I feel like it comes from is a very like rude place yeah. of like I don't know what I to can't call decipher you. I can't, yeah the who what you are, are you yeah are you, it, it feels almost like a, are you a boy or a girl right when people ask what your pronouns are right so I think those are the two places it comes from yeah and I think like me personally I feel like I've been having and I don't know if I can fully like articulate it yet but. I feel like I'm having this, like, I have this weird relationship 
So, um, as as an organizer uh, who's been, uh, you know, who's who's often in like an organizing meeting or some kind of like social justice spaces, it's not uncommon to start off the meeting by introducing yourself. Or if you have a name mm-hmm. tag, you say, you know, my name is Nikita and my pronouns mm-hmm. are like X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And like I, again, I can't fully articulate it, but sometimes I bristle mm-hmm. um, at that. And I know that um, I've been in certain circumstances where, again, I'm in a space and I'm like meeting people and, you know, you know, we're excited to be like talking about like whatever issues that we're working on. And like someone will be like, oh, like, what is your pronoun? Mm-hmm. And I'm, and again, it's, there's a lot of contradictory ideas and like contradictory um, feelings, but there's a part of, like, I, at this point in my life, like, I identify as a woman. So right. if I felt compelled to um, use a pronoun, it would be she. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's a part, and like, and I know that on some level it's a little fucked up, but, like, I identify as a woman, and I know that I'm, like, right. a woman. So when someone's asking me, and I know that everybody mm-hmm. that's asked me has asked from the space of really trying to not assume people's mm-hmm. gender. But it also, it's tough because I'm, like, like yeah. I'm not legible yeah. as a woman. A, as a woman. Yeah. It's like, that's, and I'm, like, that's, like, that's who mm-hmm. I am. Or, like, there's sometimes when I'm, like, oh, well, you know, I, I feel, um, like, maybe particularly, like, more, like, um, gender non-conforming, or mm-hmm. it's, like, or I feel like if you're in the process of, like, trying to figure out, like, what your, um, what your gender is, and, like, how, um, yeah. it, it's actually, like, a really off-putting yeah. question, because some, because it, it, it forces you to, to kind of, like, define, again, right. or to choose again exactly. and again and again. Like, exactly. I, yeah. And just, like, sometimes I'm, like, you know, yeah. yes, like, I'm mm-hmm. a woman. There's other times I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm yeah. just Nikita. And this is all I can, like, really mm-hmm. muster, like, right now in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I know that there was this one meeting where, like, I know that there was, um, there was a, uh, someone invited a trans person to a meeting that I was at. We had never gone around and done gender right, pronouns right, before. Right. But, but now only when someone that exactly. is. And then I was like, um, and I guess, like, my problem with that is that that actually, like, reproduces these ideas transphobia and that gender is only about exactly exactly yeah so i'm like we've never done this Mm -hmm. before and it's like it doesn't like why you know i mean like to ask why do you feel compelled is like i mean that's almost glib because we Mm -hmm. know why they're Mm -hmm. asking but it's it's like it it uh, it's just like yeah it again makes it like gender is about those who like break this exactly it is also about you you have a gender right and like thinking with that, but that just like made me mad. That now you want to do pronouns as if you didn't use them, have them right before, before right. this person that you read as uh, transgressing the binary in some way walks in. And so. I don't know if this is like other people's experiences, so I want to be very clear that I'm talking mm-hmm. only about my yeah. experiences. But like, there's this. Um, I see that people um, on their email signatures, yeah. they'll put their pronouns. Mm-hmm. And I've realized it's only like, and like these are like people that I know, but like it's only like cisgender or like gender conforming people like that are doing that. that. Yeah. And I know that they're doing, and like, and I know that they're doing it again so they can, because even just having, having it there mm-hmm. makes you think, pushes other people to think, Oh, like it's actually yeah. not someone's gender is not taken yeah. for granted. But like I, as a gender non-conforming person, it's though, like I wouldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. And it's like, and I don't actually feel yeah. comfortable like doing that. But it is taken for granted. I mean, gender is not only fluid; 
for folks outside of the binary. It's also fluid for people in within the binary. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is like people who identify as women, that's a big, expansive, leaping, gaping <laughs> right. group of people. Um, and every, I don't know. Sometimes she, like she, she, she and her and she and her and me does feel funny. Especially when you're putting like emphasis on the fact that like she uses she, her pronouns. And, right. Um, it does in some way start to feel like I don't conform to this whatever box you had um, in your head about right. like she to continue to exactly. like ask me again. And um, this is just a side note, but as a black girl with a black girl name, like I feel like people skate by saying my name by asking me for my pronouns. Mm. So then like pronouns also become like a racialized thing for me because... I, I mean, again, this is only my personal experience, but I have a name that you you immediately read and, and know that you're going to be meeting and seeing a black girl. Mm-hmm. Like, my name is Montanique. My nickname is Money or Neek Neek, depending on where you know me. <laughs> like, what stage in life? <laughs> you know, like, and so these are all, like, like, my name at the top of an email, you are already gendering and racializing me in a right. way. And I think a, a lot of professors have never bothered to ever learn my my name mm. because they can say she and her. Right. She, her, she, her. Oh, that's her paper. This is this is her bag. Right. Oh, she said it. You know? And um, it feels so... It, it also feels dehumanizing in a way. Mm. Like, you know Rachel's name. You say Rachel's right, name every right, class. Right. And you have yet, it's been a whole ass semester and you've never said Montanique out of your mouth. And so it feels weird for me in that way. I think, I feel like I'm venting now. But another thing about pronouns that bothers me is when uh, uh, cisgender folks say, um, pronouns don't really matter to me. You can use he, him, she, her, they, them. I'm like, no, no. I was about to be like, no, nigga. Like, they matter to you. Right, right, Because you've right. been going through your whole day. And the only reason why you can say they don't matter is because you are cisgender. Right. You're, you're gender presenting yeah. in a way that people will never clock or question exactly. you about it. So that's the only reason why you can sit in this space and be like, you can call me whatever. <laughs> Like, no, like that comes from a very safe and um, privileged space to be like, my pronouns are whatever you want to call me. Oh, my God. Like I was at the um, this is making me think I dropped off some clothes um, to to donate. I needed to get rid of them. And um, outside of the place uh, where you donate, like you honk and normally like there's like the worker that comes out and like grabs your stuff. So I'm black, and the other this black woman uh, was working, and so there's this white woman in an SUV mm-hmm. that wanted to like drop. So she was trying to ask a question, and so she I had my back to her. Mm-hmm. So she, one, she assumed. Um, so she was like, "Excuse me, sir, 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 can I drop off a TV?" And I was like, <laughs> "And you know, in classic black woman, I, like, I know she's not talking to me." <laughs> So she assumed a lot in that so, moment. And so she was like, excuse me. And then she had an attitude. And so like the black worker, the woman came out and she was like, mm. and she's like, I ain't got time for that woman's mess. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Yeah. But it's like, but like, I think that like that, that nexus between like race yeah. and gender is yeah. all like, it's all like, right. I feel like it's always um, to, working. So today we went out to this Walmart in Cicero. Um, That's like Whitey Mc White White McBeal. <laughs> Whitey Mc White White 
I'm probably the first black person they've seen in years. Yeah. Um, and I walked into the bathroom. You know how you turn a corner and you almost bump into somebody? And this woman, I'm walking into the bathroom, which uh, we ain't liberated from, from gendered bathrooms right. up here. It's a women's restroom. This lady goes, I'm so sorry, sir. Immediately to me. Like, I'm walking in. Okay. I mean, I mean, I'm so sorry. Oh, I mean. And, and like, even in that, I don't know. Like, even, uh, and what do you call those things? Like, sir and ma'am. Greeting. I don't know. Greetings like that. Like, there's like no. Like, formal something. Yeah. And, and so, I put, when I respond to formal people in uh, emails, I put MX. Like, and I pronounce that mix. I don't know how other people would pronounce it. I like that. Let's go with that. But, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, it's just a non-gendered way to do things and uh, to also not assume. But I think, I don't know. I feel like especially when we go, I don't know. It just feels uncomfortable to me. Like, to go around a room introducing people saying, she, her, he, him, she, her, he, him, they, them. And then everybody like, oh, that shit, oh, shit. Um, and I also knew somebody who didn't use pronouns and they were like, just use my name. Yeah. And so it was just, uh, I don't know. I feel like it, it, it again, even, I just feel like language will never have the ability to capture our experiences. Um, and so it feels like the she, her, he, him puts puts people back in these like oh yeah. okay now I know how to treat you right 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 you told that's, me it was she her yeah that's an alrighty point welcome the misogyny like right. you know like, just, right oh. this way <laughs> <laughs> like you but uh, oh you told me he him oh I in my head I already she you so here comes the trans you know right like, right right oh my god like oh my god just the uh, the other day just like last night I did something that I haven't done in forever I got I got into like a Facebook. Like, it wasn't a war. It was, like, a skirmish, if you will. (laughs) And, like, this guy, um, so somebody had a status that was, like, you know, like, the expansion, more or less, he was saying that the expansion of LGBT rights, Mm -hmm. like, does not negatively impact, like, straight people. And this guy was, Mm -hmm. like... I beg to differ. And I was like, here we go. And so we were, and so like I was on there and like, I was just asking like simple questions. And I was like, give me an example of like a concrete, I was like, give me a concrete example Mm -hmm. of when, um, like I was like some right that like queer people have that like negatively impacts you Mm -hmm. as a straight person. And he was like, well, they coming up with all this new language. And I was like, I was like, try again. And yeah. I was like, give me another example. Yeah. And he was like, what about these ID laws? And I was like, and I was like, say more. Tell me what you're like, what are you getting at? And he was like, you can be, he's like, I ain't got no problem with trans people. He was like, but when you, he's like, you just take away my right to choose if I don't know that, you know, you're born as a man. That's his language, not mine. Obviously that's mm-hmm. transphobic. Yeah. And so I was like, first of all, I was like, I was like, a law, like, doesn't... I mean, you can... I was like, the only thing that it would... Um, I've never seen any of my partner's birth certificate. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm not asking anybody for identification. <laughs> but I was like, the real thing... I was Your like, right to choose is when you chose. You're like, ooh, shorty, bad. That was your right to okay. choose. Okay. 
but but what but what I realized and uh, like what we, I was like the root of the conversation here, and I was like, and I was like, honestly, I was like, I don't think I'm going to convince you of this. I was like, but the real disagreement that we're having is not about rights or anything like that. And I was like, you just fundamentally don't think that trans women are women. Yeah. And because so he was like, you know, I ain't got a problem. He's like, you be who you want to be. He's like, but again, if I don't know that it's you're no born, way. and mm-hmm. I was like, but I'm like. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, the, I'm like, what is underlying your, mm-hmm. um, like, your contention is that somebody mm-hmm. is tricking you, yeah. or they're like deceiving mm-hmm. you, and like you just, and like I feel like I haven't personally like found that that really is so much of the conversation I think that we're having, mm-hmm. um, even when, um, like when the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne and his mm-hmm. like fuck ass crew, mm-hmm. like th- that really is like the the heart of the yeah. matter, and it feels like, and uh, what I've realized, like to try to connect the threads, is that there's really really deep seated assumptions and misconceptions mm-hmm. about like gender mm-hmm. and like sex because y- anytime you start talking about um like trans uh women uh trans folks but particularly trans women everybody suddenly got a fucking phd exactly. in biology yeah. mm-hmm. right and it's like there's all of these like deep seated like deep rooted ideas mm-hmm. about what it means um again to be um um I really feel like it's actually more about sex. Um, I guess in the way that we use that. Maybe we should define that term. Um, because the the thing that they always say is, you were born a quote-unquote man, not yeah. realizing that... Um, no one is born a man. You could be assigned male at birth. As, right. And, and, and I think... So I, I was on this panel once um, where this woman refused to sit next to me because I, I included trans women in Queer Walk. And she asked me this before we... So, it was a whole panel about, like, black feminism. I should say that. And that's where, like, you know, same language. We you So, you signed up for this black feminism conference. I signed up for this black right. feminism conference. But the way my black feminism is set up, it, it was created by queer and trans exactly. women, black women. Exactly. So, how can you... Yeah. So, anyway, she refused to sit next to me on the panel because I was, like... Um, trans women are women, basically. So, incredibly uh, transphobic woman. And she... But as she was introducing herself, she introduced herself before I did. I'm a woman-born woman. Oh, you know and, she's and automatically... You already know the bitch is trash. She's and, a turf. Trans-exclusionary, <laughs> radical feminist. And so, I'm like, no one is born a woman. Can we right. start there? Like, first of all, you black. So, let's just take it there. How I know your mama told you at some point, as a grown-ass woman, I'm a grown-ass woman. She, there's a there's a, a life trajectory that you have to go through <laughs> right. to become a grown-ass woman. Everybody does. And now, you, now if you want to sit here and say you were assigned female at birth, and you still identify with that, or whatever, whatever. And I remember when I first uh, met one of our friend's brilliant daughters, um, she asked me, like, a, about transness having to do with like a difference in like disagreeing with the sex you were assigned at birth or if you disagree with like the social assumptions mm. related to that sex because I think like that's also a part of it that right. like that 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 social piece has to do with gender um and I think also some of the social has to do with sex because um we act like sex is this uh it's like this, like biologically yeah, finite yeah. thing, and, the, and that it's actually not. it's, it's not. not true. And that's I feel like that's <laughs> on some level. I feel like that's like the that's like a, mm-hmm. a key piece, like mm-hmm. of the conversation. And then I think also this um, conversation. We I think we're a little bit off from pronouns, but I think it's related. Um, 
this conversation around like tricking it's specifically because it comes up with trans women exactly. I don't really hear people talk about tricking with uh, trans right. men it's because there's there's an assumption about like um like supposedly having access to a woman's body in a particular way and I think if if you find out that somebody was assigned male at birth that that sort of like flips and fucks with like, but I it's again these assumptions like oh, but I was I was assuming that I was supposed to have access to your body in this certain way, yeah, and now you've completely fucked with that, yeah, and, and because the only way I can conceive of my identity as yeah. a man is to know that I can do these things to you, right. Because you were assigned female at birth. Right. And now that I know that you didn't, then it violence ensues. Because, like, that's the the only way I've been socialized. There's a Bell Hooks quote that I, I'm, like, going to get so wrong right now. But it's, like, the first wrong... The first, um like, violence of patriarchy is not actually against women. But it's, it's against, like, men uh, policing each other mm. to be, like, these toxic people. Right. right? Um, and... And so then that happens, right? Because you you like have this whatever. Whatever. I'm rambling, but I love I love a good money rant. <laughs> Ramble, um, cognitive dissonance. Was that you using some of your yeah, therapy skills? Yeah, I, I think it comes back to that. Like, if the only way that you've you've uh, constructed your identity is in like everything is relational. That's why I'm a magic mm. family therapist. Like, the only way you think of your gender is not that. Then of course, like right. you're gonna be fucked up when you find out that the that that you defined actually was assigned the same thing you were assigned and and did something different with it. Right, right. And right. I think that's um that's where sort of like the the tension comes for me with like uh, straight black women too is because we have all these same like right. pieces and you still don't like get it. I'm not, and not all straight black women, of course. obviously. I shouldn't have to say that. But, right. you know, like, um, like, how can you be so missing the point and we got all the same right, like, right, right, of right, right. identity in common? Oh, man. But, yeah. And then, I guess, just, like, to end this off, like, I don't think a pronoun tells anybody anything more about my about gender. Who you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mentioned that before. I think yeah. that that's right on. I it's think- just like she is just the tip of the iceberg. Right. And there's all this other stuff that you don't eat. You don't even know. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess the, the just the last thing that I'll say is that mm-hmm. um, I think that we're clear that these are our ideas. I just don't want to get no hate mail. The opinions expressed on this podcast are of money and Nikita solely. Yeah, so this this is just rooted in my experience, particularly as a gender nonconforming person. And I think it should, I think it should also come from a space of like um, we identify as queer, and for now, like we both identify as cisgender. Yeah, and I think that is. I think that's just a space that that we get to have these conversations about like that what the importance of pronouns are for us in a way of like if you're listening to this and you are if you and you don't identify as queer and you um do identify as cisgender then then like maybe pronouns don't you don't need to be 
how do I say this? You don't need to be problematizing pronouns with queer people if you if you right, are like a, right, a heterosexual right, right, right. cisgender person because like you come from this space of them being assumed and I like privilege. Like that's the only way to put it. Like you come from this comfortable space when it comes to pronouns that I'm gonna need you to just like fall back on problematizing it. I, I guess I'm just picturing. Somebody taking somebody this conversation from, yeah. and just doing some fuck yeah. shit with it. Somebody, I mean, don't do a particular fuck person. shit. Like, well, you know, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and these <laughs> no. two queers were saying, <laughs> uh, uh, "Right, right, pronouns right. don't matter." But no, I, <laughs> on the flip side, for gender not for other gender non-conforming people, or for queer people who do, mm-hmm. you know, who do find solace and you know. Um, think like expressing publicly and verbally um, and also you your pronouns like that's like yeah. I, don't, I don't have a problem with that I'm just mm-hmm. saying again for my using yes. I statement for for my mm-hmm. personal experience I, I right. feel conflicted I mean if you want to wear a shirt with your pronouns all that stuff like please do it if I think however like you feel comfortable in your queerness in this world that constantly tries to stomp it out yeah do that yeah um, yeah that's real that's right all right so we gonna move along along to this uh letter we got a letter man was it four pages did they send Uh, it with the kiss it was not oh um should i just read it man i want to sing that song i'll spare the folks my Aaliyah. please okay wow we've already seen your i wish the i wish the listeners could have seen that face you were just like (laughs) Don't. Don't sing. This is not your strength. Damn. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> but it ain't yet. All so. right. Uh, so this letter is from La Krusty. I think is Or maybe it's L.A. Krusty. It's either way, there's a crust involved. <laughs> uh, and I actually don't know now. It's like, shoot. Okay, y'all have to start putting. Um, Whether, keep me anonymous. Yeah. It was a username. Okay. Um. Okay, so the letter goes, Hi, Money and Nikita. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Every week I look forward to new ones coming out. Oh, we're bi-weekly. But thanks, though. Uh, You should still check out, catch up on the old ones off the bi-weeks, you know. Uh, And it really gets me through being in a new and temporary place separated from all of my friends and support network. Why are all of us in isolation? Yeah, it's a thing. I just broke up with my boyfriend a few days ago after having convinced myself for two years that my attraction to femmes was something that I could suppress slash sacrifice in exchange for this relationship. My ex and I ended things really well and I'm excited to be able to explore being a part of the queer community. My ex isn't queer. That's (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if y'all could talk in one of your upcoming episodes about breakups. Maybe even about realizing you're queer while in a relationship you thought was straight. Y'all definitely spoke to a lot of my feelings of erasure in the last podcast, and I know there are more important things to talk about than what I just mentioned, but really, any talk of breakup advice would be healing for me. Oh, shit. Wow. Wow. Why Why are you wowing? Just breakups are bad. They're mm-hmm. rough. Mm-hmm. Catastrophic. It depends on who you are. I'm not saying it's ever been that way for me. You know, I'm stone cold. Nikita, you're a delicate all right. flower. You just you, be putting all my business out. I'm you tough said as that, nails. You've said it on the podcast before. Oh, shit, you know my mind is bad. Anyway. 
So, breakup advice. I ain't got no good breakup advice. Well, I think before we get to breakup advice, because I have some pointers on breakup advice. Ooh. Um, that we should uh, dive into being in a relationship that you, quote unquote, thought was straight. And then yeah. coming out to your partner. Yeah. Because that's part of this, too. Say it. You ain't got it. <laughs> I thought you was going to say No, that's you, boo. Um, I've never had to do that. Neither have I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I have been in situations where, like, I don't know, like, my identity sort of bumped up against the identity of the relationship. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, and so I think we, we talked about this on the episode with Tori and then sort of continued it in the next episode. But, uh, I think one is that quote unquote straight couples go into them with a lot of assumptions. So if, if I think if we all, this is something that y'all can learn from the queers. If you all talk about like the roles, identities, yeah. like what you expect and need out of a relate of a relationship up front, when you know that you're entering into something that's going to be committed, um, mm. that a lot of this could be avoided because it sounds like, Krusty, you went into it like, I just need to suppress this, which makes me think that it wasn't um, explicit and talked about in the beginning. Yeah. Like, I actually um, have an attraction to femme folks, too, Um, even though you're my boyfriend and I love you or whatever. But, like, this is also a part of my identity and it's not going to go away. That's what I think. I think people start uh, relationships with a lot of assumptions and just, like, laying it out at the front end can make for more amicable breakups but i mean i think i think you should try to lay out as much as possible in the front end Mm -hmm. but i think that you do change and shift and develop Mm -hmm. and grow as you're in a relationship so Mm -hmm. i feel like there's only so much that you can do on the front end yeah because i'm also thinking about like developmental levels (laughs) like uh i'm not saying this to be like i'm old so i know i'm an elder in the community but um, like, you are young. You're younger than yeah. um, me right now. And this is me talking, like, right now where I am. Like, when I enter into a relationship, motherfuckers gonna know, like, all the things that I know about myself. But when I was your age, I definitely was not openly identifying as gay. Like, you know? And so, I think that was only a conversation that I was comfortable having with myself. But mm. I think as I became more comfortable... Saying things, I revealed them to those close yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think... Then, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I had a question if, like, your boyfriend had a problem with you saying that you were attracted to femmes. Because just because... Well, I, I guess... I guess I'm I'm thinking, like, are you exclusively... It can't be. Could you... Well, maybe. Right. I don't know. That's, yeah. Yeah. I've dated guys before. And I'm, like, exclusively romantically <laughs> and sexually attracted to femmes. But, um, yeah, because I was just thinking, like, that uh, like that coming out process also doesn't have to end a relationship. Like, just because you, you um, find out new things about yourself and your right. identity changes, that doesn't mean your relationship has to end. So, yeah. did he have a problem with that? I mean, I feel like this kind of goes back to something else that we've kind of, like... Have talked about, um, so like the the identity, the attraction, and mm-hmm. then like the practice. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know about Krusty, but maybe, so maybe maybe like Krusty doesn't say why um, 
they or she ended the relationship. So, I mean, maybe for her, it was like, I, this is something I active. I think she used the word explore. So maybe, explore, maybe yeah. this is something that she wanted to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for me, that would automatically, if she's in a relationship, signal mm-hmm. that then that would mean some kind of like open, yeah. some semblance of an open relationship. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, old boy wasn't, Maybe that was like right. So the, maybe the it was actually the the monogamy piece right. that he was like, "I'm not with." Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never had to come out to a partner. Yeah, neither have I. Um, I have partners who have had to. I have had partners who had partners. Oh, that sounds stupid. Some of my exes have come out to their exes before, like in relation. Wait, what? So, um. So Zob has come out to I think I already talked to them about this. Oh, okay. So um Zob came out to their boyfriend when they were in a relationship with him. Oh, I see. Um I have another ex that, you know, came out to their boyfriend while oh, they wow. were in a relationship. And so I don't think it's uncommon, especially for like queer women to yeah. do that. Because uh and queer women of color too, because on average we come out later in later life than in most life. people. Yeah. Um, what's 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 exactly considered later? Um. So the the average age, and this this is gonna sound like oh that ain't that ain't um late at all, but it is for like demographic wise. The average age for a woman of color to come out um is twenty six. That's like right on the money. And to for and I mean you know it's funny we're talking about coming out because uh, it was. National coming out right. day. We didn't say anything about it, but that's also because I have feelings about coming out. But so to publicly identify right. as queer, it's around twenty six, um, and so like most folks who aren't of color and also identify as women come out earlier than that. Oh, okay. So high school age. Oh yeah, twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, I've never had to um, come out in a relationship. But I do feel like I've experienced a breakup where, um, I guess, uh, in some terms, it was like the, I feel like the partner wanted, like, a particular kind of, like, um, I guess for, for lack of a better word, like, hetero, like, not hetero, but homonormative, like, domestic kind of life. And I would realize... you don't want. That that wasn't the life Mm -hmm. that I wanted. Um, And so the relationship ended Mm -hmm. because of that. It was, like, a particular idea about what a relationship Mm -hmm. um, would look like. It's just like Christina Yang. You have got to stop referencing Grey's Anatomy in the 21st century. Okay. No, go ahead. Make your point. I'm just way behind. I'm on, like, season six or seven. You're on season eight. Well, so uh, Christina is married to this other doctor who he just has this dream of like kids and his wife being like this loving mother and she does not want kids. Like it is something she has always known. She has not moved on. Uh, And he's just like, oh, well, when you're older. And it's like, no, no. That, is, that is something that I want out of a relationship is that I do not want children. Yeah. And so my partner has to be okay with not having children of our own anyway. We could be godparents. That's cute, 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 but no kids. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, it's very similar. Thank you for taking us back to 2012. Shut up. I, and nobody put no spoilers. That would be very mean. Wow. Yeah. 
And uh, nobody, it's not, any, it's not even on anybody's radar to spoil it for you. Um, they like, girl, you like six seasons. Okay, time, but. but I guess in terms of like the the breakup advice, oh man, those I don't have nothing off the top of my head. I feel I like, well, they said that they ended on good terms. Yes, and I feel like that can get real tricky because it's like, I, mean, I don't know. I feel like you. Um, when you say that you're on good terms, I feel like, you know, it's easy to, like, you know, keep talking and, like, keep having a, a particular kind of relationship that may not actually be healthy, healthy right. for you breaking right, off right. and to, like, exploring the parts of right. yourself that maybe you haven't explored. And I don't Come even on, mean, and I don't even mean just in terms of, like, um, like, you know, you making, um, you finding out more queerness. about your, like, yeah. sexuality, but, like. I know, like, when I uh, got out of, like, my last relationship, I just realized, and not even, just not even shade or, like, like, dogging that person, but I'm, like, I just realized there's things that I stopped doing that mm-hmm. I, like, that I liked, right. and it's just, like, yeah, just figuring out those things, like, finding, like, it sounds, like, really silly, but kind of going back um, to, like, what you were getting at a little bit earlier with, like, the mental uh, moment, but, like, mm-hmm. what, like, finding out, like, new music, just, yeah. like, reconnecting, like, with old mm-hmm. friends, just, like, those are the things that I feel like um, you don't want, you're, so, I don't know, I think you might be feeling all right, Krusty, but I don't know, I was, like, totally, like, fucked up, and I didn't want to do anything, but it was really, really important for me to, like, stay, um, Stay, like, relatively active and, like, doing things and being out with people. And, mm-hmm. like, again, doing those things that I maybe, like, hadn't done. Or maybe there's some shit that I want, I've always wanted to do but never, like, did right. it. But it's, it's going to be really hard. Or sometimes it's extremely difficult to do it. But I think that you really should, like, push yourself to try to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And don't beat yourself up if you don't. So you just summarized, I guess, like, uh, breakup literature <laughs> in, like, relational therapy. Because... Uh, and, and so I'm going to do my narrative shit for a minute. So a lot of times we, uh, conceptualize breakups as like loss, grief, Mm -hmm. which, which they are, right? Like like. you, yeah, yeah, you're, you, you suddenly are strangers with someone that you intimately knew. Yeah. Um, so that, that Mm -hmm. is, that is a loss and you do need to grieve it, but it's also this opportunity. So like breakups are also like opportunities to, reintroduce yourself to yourself Mm, because um, like what you were as you were talking I was thinking um, relationships are compromises and like contracts with another person and in that you lose things I mean you gain things also but you also lose the things that you once did when you were unattached Um, and so rediscovering those things and see if they still feed you um, yeah explore new things and I, I would also say like your identity is is also like new to you right now so be patient with yourself um it I think a lot of times when we come out especially to those who are close to us or we're in relation to we think like that's it like that is like the end point or slash a start point of something um but really be patient with yourself because there's going to be days when you like think why did I ever fucking do this? Right. I want my man back. It's right, fun. right. <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> Which are all normal, right? Because uh, it's a, it's, a, it's also a stage of change. So I would say, like, be very patient with yourself. A journey through queerness, especially if you're in any way. I mean, you said you resonated with the bi um, episode. Like in in any way, if you're not uh, mono 
sexual. Uh-huh. Is that, like it, it is, you know, all these like webs and uh, stumbling blocks. And so be ready for that. So I would say turn in, turn in to yeah. yourself first yeah. and like make sure you good. Like yeah. you just entered a two year relationship. Girl, I ain't never did nothing for two years with nobody. So <laughs> only thing I've done consistently for two years is be fucking alive. <laughs> um. Yeah, so just, like, making sure that you're okay, getting back to the things that, like, make you happy. A lot of times we put separation between friends and family when we're in relationships, too. So reconnect and build those back up because you're going to need them. Especially when queerness is new to you. And I wanted to talk about social sharing. This social sharing is a phenomenon that happens uh, when we experience experience, um, losses. In, in relationships. And so when you break up with somebody, you like post that hashtag team single. I mean, we saw Cardi B do it when she was beefing with Offset this weekend. Um, but you know, like that's a, so, that's a form of social sharing. And, and it's not, it's not like by any accident that we do this because when we do share with people, we get soothed and comforted mm. in those moments. So like you reaching out to us and writing this letter, that's a form of social sharing. And so I hope you take this as support. We here for you. Yeah. You can always slide in the DMs, but start to build up those, those relationships, those ones that are like less pressure. Mm-hmm. You don't owe folks as much yeah. because those are going to be the places where you get like that little bit of like, Oh, thank you. Um, Because you need it during breakup times. And so my last little breakup advice comes by uh, the homie Queen from Tea with Queen and Jay. Hi, Queen. I love you. Hey. Um, (laughs) You do that. Hey. (laughs) Never mind. I'm not going to put you out there. How how did I do it? You only do that. Hey. For like baddies. You don't. You. For everyone else. You're like, hello. (laughs) All right. Let's let's just get. (laughs) Let's just get to the wisdom that Queen is bestowing upon us. Okay, so um, Queen has a magazine called Miss Vixen. And uh, she posted an article called 30 Ways to Get Over Heartbreak and Heal Correctly. And it has one of my favorite gifts of Rihanna um, (laughs) with the raw face. Yes. Um, And so it's just a list of uh, 30 things you can do to help you get back to yourself and sort of heal after a breakup. And so I'll just read a few. I won't read the whole list. But cry. I think that's important because... Oh, my God. Like I said before on this podcast, we come up with really creative ways to avoid dealing with our pain. So, cry. I cried so much. Just when I thought I couldn't cry anymore, it was just Mm -hmm. more crying. So, I emphatically support crying. Mm -hmm. Relearn yourself. That's number 10 on the list. Come through. Masturbate. Oh, Take care of yourself. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you're new to queerness, you need to know what you like. That's, this so is I feel important. like exploring yeah. that. Because um, there, there's going to be a lot of... I mean, when I was a baby gay, there was so much stuff that I did that I didn't want to do. But it was just like assumed that I was supposed to do it. Yeah. Because I was the quote unquote femme in the situation. So masturbating is important to know what you like. Um, I'm just going to keep with the M's. Meditate. <laughs> what? Read it. Oh, delete the text thread that both of you share because you do not need to be rereading messages from when y'all first met yeah. and how cute it was. I'm embarrassed at some of those text messages and emails. Email. What kind of desperate sad sack was I? I, I really think it's you really should try to 
Stay away from the phone, the social media, mm-hmm. all that. I would say, like, mute them on social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said y'all broke up and it was good, but you still need a healthy distance to, like, mourn the relationship that you no longer have anymore. Yeah. So, if y'all are truly going to be friends, you need to get used to not being intimately and romantically yeah. connected to the person, which means, like, put in a little bit of space. Um, yeah, d- deleting photos, I mean... I I feel like Queen put this on the list because she a Virgo and we are deleters. Like you will cease to exist to a Virgo. Like cold blooded. But <laughs> but this is my thing. I so in my last relationship, I uh, actually it might be Earth sign thing, but um, I was blocked and deleted on everything, and that actually hurt me. I think because the breakup came as a shock to me, and I also. Um, I'm just be real. Like I didn't want the breakup when it happened. Mm-hmm. And so to immediately be blocked on like everything, it felt like a, a like a surprise shock loss. Right. You know, like like you just got a phone call that somebody was in a car accident or something. Like yeah. you just weren't expecting it. Um and so I think I held on way longer than I should have to pictures. I feel like I was the opposite. I feel like I wished I sh- I wish I would have blocked, deleted, and all mm-hmm. that because, like, honestly, like in retrospect, it wasn't the breakup. Like, I knew that the relationship needed to end, but the the person moved on pretty quickly, yeah. and so seeing all that, so new, did my last. Well, that wasn't my last relationship. The one prior, the one prior. That's 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 what fucked quickly. me up. Yeah, I don't I don't think that actually fucked me up that they moved on so quickly. I think what fucked me up is, like, you were my person, and now I cannot even contact mm. you on, like, in, in any way, shape, or form. And so it was just like you just, like, dropped out of my world. But what would you have contacted them to talk about, though? Do you know what I mean? I think um, this sounds real, like, fake, but, like, I needed to hear why it was ending. Mm-hmm. Like, I needed to hear that. And I still don't think I have. Do you think... I think I thought that, but do you honestly feel like there's any reason that they could have given that would have ever been good enough? Well, any reason would have been better than, like, no None? reason. Okay. Because I'm not one of those people who are like, if you tell me, my sneak, I'm breaking up with you because your feet stink, that I'm going to be like, but I could get some doctor shows. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm okay. not that type All of person. Right. I'm, I I just need to be like, okay. Like, I need to know. Uh-huh. I think I don't do well with ambiguity. I uh-huh. think a lot of people know that about me. Yeah, I was about to say, so, yeah. So, it feels like I'm very, like, check, check, check. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. Like, I need that. And so, for it to just be, like, sudden and no yeah. sort of, like, reason, it felt, it felt like I didn't have power. That's that's the thing. I was like, oh my god, that- I bet you gonna block me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's what that's what fucked me up. It wasn't really the fact that they had moved on, like the person that they're with and still with. I think is like perfect and amazing for them. But I was like, bitch, how you move on first? <laughs> Clearly, I ha- I've had the queer game on life. That's, yeah, that was another thing. Shit, <laughs> I've been queer in these streets for years. Right. Yeah. But I'm not bitter. Anything else we should add from Queen? <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm like, we're not giving Crusty no advice no more. We just over here reading Queen's list like 
But no, these are going through our own process and our own pain. Learn a new recipe. Hang out with people that make you feel good. Change your hair. I do this so like I had to do my hair this weekend because this was such a rough week. Not so not even for like just for breakups, but changing my hair is therapeutic for me in a lot of different ways. Yeah, so. You came through with this list, Queen. I just wanted... I think um, the create a project and finish it is so important. That you do that. Because, like, you, I just feel so fucking good when mm-hmm. I, like... Because I feel like I start, like, six million things. I feel like my mind is all, mm-hmm. always in, like, a million places. But I feel so fucking top-notch mm-hmm. when I finish something. That's, that's why I've been painting. Yeah. Because it's um you know, I ain't no artist, but when I finish that little square of paper, I'm like, I did something. But right, there's a concrete yeah. show of your efforts mm-hmm. and your work. Yep. Man. So yeah, I'm gonna put a link to this article in the um info box. I, I I tweeted it, so if you follow us on Twitter you probably saw it, but I'm a, I'm gonna definitely post it in the info box. You know, we trying to step our uh, show notes up like Queen and Jay as yeah. well. They they shits is solace. Yeah. Bitch, I ain't got time. No. <laughs> wow. It'll probably be me I'm, working late into the night hours yeah, doing the show do notes. Too. I'm just trifling, and I just be like, True. I, I don't actually think it, I, I'm trifling. I just think that this process of trying to get a PhD has like turned me against writing. It's, like yeah. I used to love. Oh my god, to write, and now I get anxiety. Yes, writing, co- like. Co- configuring a tweet, e- I'm emails, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not that I'm trash. I actually yeah. am. I'm a I'm 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 a step up from trash. I'm like recycling. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. I th- I think we should cut it off right here. <laughs> recycling. Uh, yeah, I'm not trash. Okay. I'm at least bottles and cans. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Five cent. <laughs> Reusable, you know. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you use the hashtag if you're listening. Hashtag queer WOC. That I got brownie points for mentioning at the top of the episode. Thank you. Yeah. You've saved me from one lashing. <laughs> <laughs> I do not beat Nikita, y'all. On Just air. Like- I mean, no, no king shame because you know if you into beatings, these this is not what that. This is like <laughs> work. <laughs> you you can't be saying that. No, this is this is an exploitation free workspace, and I'm I'm working really hard. I am I know that I'm a control freak. I am trying to loosen some of that. I feel like you're like the control freak of the control freaks. No, it's fine. See, it's great. This, is, this is why I was afraid to work with you because we friends, so you don't have to see this part of me. But now that we actually have, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you find out your friend bite their toenails or something. <laughs> oh my god! Wow! You just see this ugly, disgusting part of me that I've hid from you. For well, you so see long. my I, my feet look like white women's feet today. They're so ashy. So. <laughs> There is no reason for your feet to look like that. I make shea butter. All right. This has been a great episode. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very affordable. With your worker center check, you could get one. All right, y'all. We out. Wow. You just going to... No, we can't end on my crusty feet. <laughs> God damn. Deuces. All right. Deuces. Have a good one. <laughs>